Well, Jane and Mr. Race have gone to Arizona. But at home, Marge and Neil have found evidence to indicate that Mr. Race was sent out of town by City Alderman Marsh to prevent his testifying in a possible investigation of a crooked building project in which Mr. Race lost all of his money. This episode is in three scenes. First, early morning, outside the Ace's apartment building, then in the office of the managing editor of Neil's newspaper, and finally that evening in the Ace's apartment. First to the street before the Ace's apartment, where we find Marge hurrying to work. Listen. Oh, uh, Marge. Marge, wait a minute. Why, Neil, of all people, at this time in the morning. You're working nights, aren't you? What are you doing up at this hour? I thought I'd drop by and drive you to your office. Well, I don't know what I've got, but it must be something to get you out at this hour. I wanted to talk to you about this deal. Ace has got something mixed up in. Oh, then it wasn't my fatal beauty after all. Oh, <laughs> a little of both, maybe. The car's right here. Hop in. Okay. Been doing a lot of thinking about this thing. I got an angle I want to discuss with you. All right. The matter is now open to discussion. Okay, now, just a minute. If I can just get out of here without denting that guy's fender. How is it? Well, you got plenty of room on this side. Oh. Now, as you were saying? Yeah. The more I think about this thing, the more I'm sure I'm right. Marsh sent Ace out of town to take care of that Arizona deal because he was scared that an investigation of that housing project would come up and Ace would be on hand to testify that Marsh, as a member of the Board of Aldermen, was voting to buy his own property. Yes, I think that's just about what happened, but I can't quite understand how this man Peabody is mixed up well, in it. Well, that's what we're going to find out. Betty says if Peabody isn't in this scheme, she doesn't want to keep on working for him. Oh, for Pete's sake, she mustn't quit now. She can help me a lot by keeping right on working in Peabody's office. Well, how? Well, i got to find out what the hookup is between Peabody and Marsh. Now, if she keeps her eyes and ears open, maybe she can help me to find out. All right, I'll tell her that. Now, what I wanted to talk to you about, Marge... Oh, hold it. That signal light ahead just changed. Oh, I just... I... Oh, <laughs> do people ever go through your windshield when you stop like that? Oh, every now and then. As I was going to say... If I poke around and find out that Marsh and Peabody have pulled a fast one by getting Ace out of town, it'll make one of the biggest scoops I've landed for my paper. I find. But, and here's a point that occurred to me just last night. If we print the story, it isn't going to do Ace any good. What do you mean? Well, it'll make plenty of trouble for Marsh and for Peabody, too, if I can prove he's in on it. But it won't get Ace's money back. No, that's right. But listen, suppose I get all the dope, get everything all set... Then go to Marsh and tell him that I won't print a line if he'll pay back the money Ace lost in the deal. That's getting pretty close to blackmail or something of the kind, isn't it? Yeah, that's the trouble. And if the paper found out about it, I'd lose my job. Of course, it would be very nice to get Ace's money back for him, but still, I... No, honestly, Neil, much as I'd like to have you do it, I don't think you'd better. Wait a minute. Here's another angle. Suppose I dig up all the facts and print the story. With all the evidence right there in black and white... Ace will have perfect grounds for a suit against Mars. A lawsuit, uh-huh. Of course, he'll be taking a chance on winning, but not too long a chance. And he might be able to sue for additional damages. You mean more than the money he lost through the deal on the property? Yeah, compensation for losing his business and the house and everything. Oh, I don't think he could collect uh, on that. Then listen, there's a thought. How about writing him and telling him what we suspect and asking what he thinks we ought to do about it? No, it'd take too long to get an answer back. Besides... I don't want to raise his hopes too high until I've got something more definite to go on. Let's keep Ace in the dark about this until I've got more evidence on Mars. All right. Because as a matter of fact, I haven't got any evidence except the note. The rest of it's a lot of guesswork. It all fits together very nicely, but I'll have to prove it. It may be a little hard to do. Yeah, that reminds me. I've got to sell the managing editor of my paper on this thing before I can go ahead. 
I hope he doesn't think it's too much guesswork. When are you seeing him about it? Going to try to catch him in his office this, this morning. Well, good luck. Thank you, lady. I'm going to need plenty of it from now on. All right, Williams. Make it snappy. This is my busy morning. Mr. Evans, I think I've got a lead on one of the biggest political scandals that ever broke in this town. Yeah? What is it? Would you believe me if I told you that a member of the Board of Aldermen has been trying to swing the board's vote to get the city to buy property that belonged to him? Now, just which member of the Board of Aldermen are you talking about? Tom Marsh. Marsh? I don't believe it. He's one of the few men in that city hall bunch that I've got any respect for. Okay, but I've got reasons to believe that he's a bigger crook than the rest of them put together. And just what are your reasons? Well, you remember that low-cost housing project that the Board of Aldermen voted on a couple of months ago? Certainly. I read my own paper, don't I? All right, all right. Now, remember, they were just about set to vote for that site down by the railroad. Looked like it was practically settled. And then we ran some stories that stirred up public opinion... And they finally gave in and bought a piece of land farther uptown. Yes. Uh, you handled those yarns, as I remember it. Right. Now, I'm pretty sure of something that I didn't know at that time. That site down by the railroad belonged to Tom Marsh. In other words, he was voting to buy his own property. Well, there are two things wrong with that, Williams. In the first place, I don't believe it. Marsh is one of the most highly respected men in this town's politics. And in the second place, the deal didn't go through. The property was not purchased by the city. But regardless, the deal was the means of putting $25,000 in Tom Marsh's pocket. Now, the way I got it figured out, he had his card stacked so he couldn't lose even if the city didn't buy his land. And you'd better explain this more clearly, Williams. Just what are you basing this story on? Well, here's what happened. Marsh thought that he could swing the rest of the Board of Aldermen over to buying his property. But naturally, he couldn't let it be known that he owned the land, so... He went to a friend of mine who was in the real estate business at that time, a man named Ace, and advised him to take an option on the property. Yes. Go on. All right. This man, Ace, hocked everything he had, scraped up $25,000 and took the option. Then the deal fell through, and Ace, naturally, forfeited his option, thus putting twenty-five grand in the pocket of the real owner of the property, namely Tom Marsh. Well, that's quite a story of that, Williams, if you can support it with evidence. Now, where'd you get your facts? From this man, Ace? No, Ace is out of town. Marsh sent him out to Arizona to handle a real estate deal. Now, my theory is that he wanted to get Ace out of the way in case somebody got to snooping around and started an investigation. Then just where did you get your information? From a note that a friend of mine found in the office of a guy named Peabody. Peabody? Well, what's his connection with the case? I don't know yet, but he's hooked in on it somehow. All right. Where's this note? Right here. Yeah, let me see it. Anyone? Dear Peabody, okay on that deal. Ace has gone to Arizona. M. Who's M? My guess is that it's Marsh. Guess? You mean you founded this whole story on guesswork? Well, there's the note. That note doesn't mean a thing, Williams. It's too vague. I know it's vague, but I'm confident that if you'll give me a chance to work on this story, Mr. Evans, I can dig up some conclusive evidence and prove that every guess I've made is right. I don't believe you can, Williams. But it's just waiting for us, one of the biggest local stories this town has ever had. What's waiting for us is a nice big libel suit. Why, if we dared to print anything as wild and improbable as that... Marsh would be perfectly justified in slapping a million-dollar suit on this paper. Not if we had the facts to prove we were right. Yes, but you haven't got the facts, Williams. All you've got is this note, which might mean any one of a thousand different things. And a lot of guesswork. But I can get the facts. I'll disagree with you there, Kip. Reliable, honest citizen. We've never had any reason to believe otherwise. And I'm not going to let you take up this paper's time to try and make him out of court. It can't be done. But, Mr. Revan... I don't want to hear any more about it. It's our chance to get a tremendous scoop. Just keep one fact in mind, Williams. I'm running this newspaper... 
Anytime you don't agree with me on our policies, all you need to do is stop at the cashier's office and ask for your check. All right, Mr. Evans, but maybe I'll turn up some dope that'll make you change your mind. I'd have socked someone if I'd have been in your shoes, Neil. Yeah, and then you'd have had to take those same shoes out in the street and wear them out looking for another job. Nope, there's no use getting the boss mad about it. He thinks Marsh is okay, and it's up to me to prove otherwise. But, Neil, if he won't support you in investigating Marsh, what are you going to do? Well, we'll have to conduct the investigation on our own hook, I guess. Betty. Yes, Neil? We've got to find out what connection your boss Peabody has with Marsh. You think you can dig up anything? You mean letters or contracts or things like that? Yeah. Yeah. Something significant. I'll try. It's hard to do, though. He's around the office so much. Well, how about me decoying him away somehow? <laughs> Decoying? <laughs> yeah. This may be a wild goose chase, but I hope we're not going to get into duck hunting, too. No, I mean decoying him away like the real G-men do. I could lure him off somewhere. Lure <laughs> him? <laughs> I don't like to be blunt, Cokie, but you're not very alluring. In fact, I think you'll help us most by just keeping out of this thing and letting Marge and Betty and me do the brain work. Oh, is that so? I don't like your attitude, Neil Williams. No. Don't treat Cookie like a child. No. He's a man. No, yeah. I'm over 21, ain't I? Your attitude toward him is based on a faulty understanding of his psychology. Yeah. You constantly imply that he doesn't comprehend the more abstruse things about him. When the truth fault lies in your lack of comprehension of his mental attitude. <laughs> wow, what brought that on? Gee, don't she talk... Well, now how will Neil, Marge, Betty, and Corky succeed in getting evidence against Mr. Marsh and possibly restoring the Aces' money? We'll learn more about that when next we meet the Easy Aces.